It's March of 2018 in Dixon's historic theater. Almost 70 years since the town of Dixon, Illinois, gathered to watch a World War II film starring their hometown hero, Ronald Reagan. Picture the small town of Dixon. Today, they've gathered for a very different movie, a documentary called All the Queen's Horses, about their ex-comptroller and treasurer, Rita Crundwell. Rita is a Dixon High School graduate she did her job very well, at least we thought. I guess the rest is history. <laughs> From her secret account, she wrote checks for her personal expenses, such as spa visits, jewelry, real estate, a motor coach, and of course, quarter horses. And the pride the people of Dixon felt in this theater 70 years ago, watching Reagan up on the big screen, has been replaced by the shame and anger of seeing Rita's crime laid out before them. How does one person in a small town steal $53 million and no one know and get away with it for 20 years? The credits roll and the lights come up. Filmmaker Kelly Pope, an accounting professor from DePaul University, takes the stage to answer audience questions. My question is for Mrs. Pope. Um, I'm just kind of curious as to what stirred your desire and your passion to um, pursue putting together this documentary. I was fascinated because of who did it and where it happened. I think um, had it happened in Chicago, people would probably say, oh yeah, that happens in Chicago. <laughs> but because it's here, I thought it made for a really interesting um, story. After a few more questions, Kelly introduces Federal Marshal Jason Widillo, the guy in charge of selling Rita's horses. You met him in episode six. Okay. Can you give us an update as to where things are in the case um, since the film has been made and where we are today? Sure. So uh, Rita Cranwell was sentenced a little over six years ago now. We believe we have identified, seized, forfeited, and liquidated all of the assets that are out there. Uh, we're certainly interested if anyone has any additional information that they wish to share, uh, anonymously or otherwise. The audience has a few questions for Jason as well. Some of this tape is hard to hear. Do you feel that her boyfriend knew what was going on? Uh, so it would be her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> That relationship, I understand, ended last fall. He certainly enjoyed the lavish lifestyle that she was living and benefited in that regard, uh, but there was no evidence that he had knowledge or intent. Yeah, I just have a short question. Uh, I noticed that the release date for Rita was in 2030. Is there any chance that she could get out early for good behavior or for any other reason? Uh, under the federal guidelines, she's entitled to 52 days a year credit for good behavior which entices inmates to behave, right? But there's no um, parole, so there's no opportunity for an early release. Sir, thank you. Finally, an audience member asks a question that everybody in Dixon has probably asked themselves more than once. This is a more personal question about Rita. When you visited with her, 
Did she seem remorseful or how was her countenance? She did not make any statements to me about any remorse that she may or may not have. I think that I always felt a little closeness to her because she seemed so real. I see you. To see someone that you have seen at the top of the world, and now they're in jail. Now they're in handcuffs and an orange jumpsuit. And that was that was pretty emotional. It wasn't about necessarily the animals themselves as much as it was her ego. For 20 years, I worked side by side with this woman, and I never knew her. I never really knew her. You couldn't get close to her, kind of like an invisible shell around her. She could be friendly, but she was never going to be your friend. I'm Alexa Burke, and this is Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. Chapter 8, Home Sweet Home. I met Rita when she came to Waseca Prison and um, started her sentence. In 2013, Clarissa Burgoon was an inmate at the federal prison in Waseca, Minnesota. Can you tell me a bit of the story of, like, I guess how you got to that point? My boyfriend and I at the time were selling drugs, and when we got an indictment, I ended up getting money laundering. I thought I was getting two years. And, you know, I left dirty dishes in the sink. My kids, you know, went home. And I thought I was coming back to at least get everything done before I had to go do this two years in prison. I didn't have a very good attitude at that time. So I ended up upsetting the judge and the prosecutor and ended up with 20 years on $8,000 money laundering. What was the feel of, of being at Wasika? It's pretty crowded. No doors on the rooms. That's loud. The people, you know, can holler from one room to the next. You know, you got a lot of personalities, a lot of attitudes, a lot of people that just don't care. And, you know, you find the the good people that are respectful and nice and, you know, they're little far and few between. Did you feel pretty different from other people that were there? I did. I did. And one of the girls told me, she said, you're like Martha Stewart. Why are you here? One day in 2013, Clarissa was waiting to be called to the cafeteria when she ran into a new inmate, Rita Crendwell. Uh, you have to go outside to go eat at the kitchen, and Minnesota's very cold. We stood at the door until they called our unit, and I think I just met her up there and just, you know, she was waiting to go eat, and we just started talking, and, you know, I found that she wasn't one of those crazy people is what I call them. Clarissa and Rita became friends. She watched soap operas during the day when she could, when she wasn't at work. What what soap operas do you know? I think she watched Young and the Restless. She might have been one of the Days of Our Lives ones too, but I, I'm sure it was Young and the Restless. Yeah, she was in there every day watching them. And Clarissa would occasionally see Rita cleaning the prison bathrooms. I would pass by her to go get a mop bucket and see her down there. 
you know, ask her what she's doing and she'll, I'm just cleaning the showers. I can still remember her with a toothbrush getting the cracks. Then she would bring back um, ketchup. I would see her on her hands and knees cleaning all the pipes in the unit. And she would just have those pipes shining with that ketchup. And I think I would just shake my head and keep going. In my mind, they just didn't deserve as hard of work as she was putting into cleaning those bathrooms. But she just kept at it because that's who she is and that's what she does. Do you remember any of those initial conversations with what you may have talked about? At first, we didn't open up a lot about a lot of stuff. And so um, I think we just talked about the prison. And then after that, she talked a lot about her horses and, you know, taking care of them. And I remember seeing pictures that she had calendars with horses, anything that had to do with horses. Like even the on TV when there was like the Kentucky Derby and stuff, she uh, was very much into it. She cared very much for her horses. They meant a lot to her. How did Rita first tell you about what she was in prison for? There was a movie that came out and people were trying to get a hold of her because they wanted to get her opinion on the movie and and she was really upset about it. That was the documentary, All the Queen's Horses, from the top of the episode. She said that she had helped them sell her horses to get the most money out of them to help pay back some of the money. And they weren't giving her any credit for anything that she tried to help with. Rita was very closed off about, you know, she didn't open up a lot. So when she did share stuff like that, it was important. I've, you know, talked to people that are like, oh, she, she didn't have a conscience. What would you say to that? With Rita, I very, very much think she has a conscience. I think that she, you know, just like probably like most people that have broke the law to go to prison, it starts out very small. And then after a while, you need a little bit more and you kind of realize that it's gotten out of hand. And at some point, there's not really much way to fix it. And in my situation, I don't know about Rita's exactly, but in my situation, I know that my my bills got bigger than I could handle. So you kind of have to keep doing it to be able to pay those bills because it's gotten out of hand. I think just because somebody, you know, steals a bunch of money doesn't mean they're not kind. I mean, she is very kind. You know, we just make mistakes. So, and I think that everybody in life probably makes mistakes. Maybe everybody doesn't steal millions of dollars or sell drugs, but people tend to forget the mistakes that they make too. Welcome to True Spies, the podcast that takes you deep inside the greatest secret missions of all time. Suddenly out of the dark, it's appeared in Laden. You'll meet the people who live life undercover. What do they know? What are their skills? And what would you do in their position? Vengeance felt good. Seeing these people pay for what they'd done felt righteous. True Spies from Spyscape Studios, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise. 
the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. I saw all the Queen's horses and thought about Rita. She was getting a sentence of almost 20 years for the money she stole. I thought it was overly excessive. This is John. He was working as a janitor in a public school one town over from Dixon when he saw the documentary, All the Queen's Horses. And that what prompted me to write to, to her to say, hey, you know, I don't agree with what you did, but I think you were your sentence was way beyond what it should have been. Dear Miss Crunwell, after serious thoughts, I believe that your actions were no more or less reprehensible than what is or may be going on within elected or appointed public positions. I cannot judge you for your actions while so much underhandedness permeates both within and around the political system. This troubles me and is a basis for why I chose to write to you. In closing, we have never or perhaps shall ever meet. In wishing you all sincerely, John. Dear John, Thank you for your letter expressing your feelings. I have an unusual request. How did you feel when you got this first letter? I was shocked because, like, I, I, I didn't expect her to write to me. And she mentioned a petition to try and get her pardoned or released early. I'm aware that you don't know me or anything about me, and I do not expect that you will choose to write on my behalf, but I thought I would ask. I am a first-time non-violent offender. The judge sentenced me way above the sentencing guidelines. And she talked about her health and how she cooperated with the authorities. Unfortunately, my public defender said the judge was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, so he couldn't relate to an average person. I, that doesn't excuse what I did by any means, and I have always taken responsibility for it. Sincerely, Rita Crundwell. Hello, Rita. Thank you for your response. I really hope that you are pardoned. I have studied the judge's ruling and it appears to me that he is rather pompous and also seems to be biased. Please stay strong. Well, I would write letters to the warden and then the attorney general. I think it was uh, William Barr at the time and asked that she be released. And we started emailing, and i just try and keep her spirits up when she was in prison. Take care of yourself in prison. You will get home. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Do the best you can. I got your letter and picture in last night's mail. I can tell you have a nice smile. People tell me I also have a good smile, and I, I think that says a lot about a person. I will let you know if I hear the warden has approved your visiting. Take care, and don't work too hard. Sincerely, Rita. Hi, Rita. I hope that I'm not out of place by saying that I spent three years living in your hometown, 1988 to 1991, perhaps our paths crossed. I trained and completed three marathons, and I also played drums for various rock bands and drove a souped-up Pontiac Trans Am. I have always had good luck with Chevy products. 
I used to lease an Escalade for my personal vehicle. They are really nice vehicles, but super expensive. Hello, Rita. I hope that all is well. I have been able to see videos of you showing your horses. You look so proud and confident. Not to sound strange, but your voice pitch is now etched in my brain. Sincerely, John. Hi, John. Oh, my. I can't imagine you enjoying watching me show. Everyone always teases me about my voice. My nickname, when I was a kid, was Squeaky. You certainly seem like a very nice and interesting person. And I really appreciate all your letters of support. You will never know how much they mean to me. Sincerely, Rita. I sent out a postal money order this morning addressed to you. I hope that you receive it very soon. Let me know if I can help you in any way. Sincerely, John. Hi, John. I appreciate that you sent me money for my emails. If it's okay with you, if you ever want to send me money, I will have you send it to my friend's account. Otherwise, they will increase my restitution payments again. I can't put any of this in my emails to you because they read them. You can't mention it either in emails or by letter. If you decide to do this, just simply mention that you talked to one of my friends today. Hello, Rita. I started a position on change.org that should hopefully get enough signatures to get you sent home. President Trump shall see this, I'm sure. I should not rest until you're released and sent home where you belong. As I previously mentioned, I am uncertain that we should ever meet face to face. I would like you to know that I have given you my best effort in helping you. Hi, John. Thanks for everything. If I ever get out of here before you get approved for visiting, I will be sure to look you up so that I can thank you in person for all your support and kind words through all of this. It is surprising, with all of the horse trainers I had and so-called friends, how many I never heard from, or the ones who contacted me at first and then stopped. It just goes to show you who your real friends are. So anyway, stay safe and healthy. Sincerely, Rita. COVID-19 is sweeping through the country's jails and prisons. They have proven to be a breeding ground for contagion, with tight quarters that don't allow room for social distancing. The U.S. Attorney General has issued new recommendations to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. He's urging officials to determine whether there are prisoners eligible for home confinement. Honorable Judge Reinhardt. I know at my sentencing you felt I was not given a death sentence with my projected age at release of 77, but now with my deteriorating health condition and the danger of the COVID-19 pandemic, I feel like I have been given a death sentence. I'm now 67 years old with chronic hypertension, high cholesterol, chronic pain from severe scoliosis. I had one hip replaced and the doctor warned that the other hip will need to be replaced shortly due to deterioration caused by arthritis. I apologize for the length of this letter and the fact that it is handwritten as we've been sheltered in place since April 1st with no typewriter available. I pray for your consideration of my appeal. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Rita Crunwell. 
The former comptroller for Dixon, Illinois, who's serving time for fraud right now, wants to get out of federal prison. Rita Cronwell sent a seven-page handwritten letter to a judge asking to be released from prison. Just over seven years into her sentence, she is now asking to be released to home confinement with her brother at his farm, just beyond Dixon's city lines, according to Crundwell. After hearing that Rita Crundwell was asking to be released, city manager Danny Langloss wrote a letter to the warden of Rita's prison. The Dixon City Council and our community stand united in strong opposition to the early release of Rita Crunwell. Then he posted a recording of himself reading the letter on Facebook. This crime was not spur of the moment or made under duress. This crime was not precipitated by financial hardship, depriving her of basic human needs. Many people from Dixon were not happy. She's asking for a compassionate release. She's not very compassionate for the people of Dixon when she was taking all of the money. I'm sick of criminals using COVID as an excuse to get out of prison. It's Illinois. She'll get her old job back. Why would she even want to show her face in this town? I say horseshit. 400 quarter horses. Do the crime, do the time. Let the bitch die in prison. Breaking news out of Dixon, Illinois right now. Disgraced former Dixon City Comptroller Rita Cronwell has been released early from federal prison. Despite the city's request, she stay behind bars. Our sources say she is in fact in Dixon. Uh, she may be on electronic monitoring. Again, the Bureau of Prisons won't say. She'll have check-ins. She's not, as far as we're told, you know, showing her face much in Dixon because this is a town, keep in mind, that has no love for her, but she, for all practical purposes, has now returned to the scene of the crime. Once Rita was back in Dixon, people started looking for her. Like this reporter who took a camera crew to her brother's house just as he was pulling his pickup truck out of his driveway. What are you bothering me for? Get your camera off my face, is Rita staying with you? Or? Rita who? Who would you like? Your sister who wrote in a letter to the judge that she was going to stay with you if she was released. Do me a favor and kiss my When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. We were so proud of the Reagan thing, but all of a sudden we had to start ducking the, the black eye to the city of the Rita scandal. Tom Wadsworth was Rita's high school classmate from the top of the series. 
What has it looked like to get past that? Do you think people have um, moved beyond it? This is a hard one, though, to forgive. It's $53 million for one thing. But the second part of it that makes it difficult is I don't think anybody locally or anybody anywhere has heard Rita say, I'm sorry. I think if we heard those words, it might go a long way. It's not anybody I'm ever going to sit down and have a cup of coffee with again. This is Jeff Kuhn, the former streets commissioner. I'd like to see her apologize to everybody who was working at that time. She owes them an apology. She owes the citizens an apology. Don't ever look for it. I don't think it'll ever happen. Of course, people still asked about Rita. Jeff's wife, Jeannie, volunteers at Reagan's boyhood home. I would give tours at the home, and at the end, I'd say, do you have any questions? And there would be some people who would say, yeah, where's Rita's ranch? And I'm going, I just wouldn't talk about it. Y'all have to find that out on your own. I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you. It's like, I'm here to talk about Reagan. I don't want to talk about Rita. But for her old friends in Horse World, forgiving Rita comes a lot easier. There's still today people who think she's got a big bunch of money buried somewhere. I don't believe that. Dixon has been repaid. Why do they have to keep torturing this lady? Let her live out her life. This is Leonard Berryhill. He and his wife, Lee, trained Rita's prize stallion, Good I Will Be. I, I, wish it, I wish it hadn't happened. I wish it had all was just a bad dream and we were all still blowing and going the way we were. She did wrong. And that's what happens uh, when you do wrong. But uh, I, I, I hope the best for her. Do you think she would ever be able to come back to a horse show? No, I do not think so. I would think it would be really hard because just trust factor, you know, I don't think she would even want to. You know, it was almost like that was another person, maybe, because it just doesn't seem possible. Still doesn't seem possible. We may never speak again. I don't know. She's probably going to hear this. There is one person who would like to see Rita Crandwell again. Next to a coffee shop in a small town near Dixon, there's a door that opens up to a staircase. The staircase leads up to John's studio apartment, the man who wrote Rita in prison. I did as she asked me to, and I wrote to the president, President Trump, and asked that uh, he give her clemency or to parole her. And... I do all I can just because I, I thought that her sentence was too harsh and and because of her health that she deserved to have in-home confinement. I had at one time over a thousand emails from her. And a binder of those emails sits on the coffee table between us. Did she tell you that she was going to be released? Yeah, she told me, but I wasn't to say anything. So did you reach out to her after she got out of prison? I've tried, but she she doesn't email me or, or she doesn't write to me anymore. She mentioned that when she was released that she had looked me up, but she never held true to that. But I don't know. It's That's water under the bridge, more or less, like, brushed me away. It's like... So I don't know, I don't know how she's doing, what her health status is. Uh, 
where she's at. I have an idea where she could be, but I'm not going to go down and find out because I don't want to be faced with a double barrel. Life goes on, and she has her life to live, and I'm going to try and live my life. But it it it, it kind of stung, though, because all the emails we, we sent and the Christmas card, birthday card. I just hope she doesn't kill me for spilling my guts, but she left me. Perhaps I was being used, I'm not sure. I just hope she's doing good. Heading back to our Airbnb from John's place, we decided to drive past Rita's brother's house on the slim chance we might spot Rita. All right, here we go. West Progress Street. Make a left onto Dutch Road. We approach a small split level on a road named after the person that Dixon used to be famous for. Wow, she's really right next to the Dixon water tower. It kind of just like looms over. This is like the most Dixon road to live on. The house is surrounded by fields, with no neighbors in sight. The garage is open. Oh, oh, what about in the window? Oh, is she? It's dark inside. It strikes me that Rita is still serving her sentence. Is there somebody sitting by the window? I can't tell. The window's open. Unlock all episodes of Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get Binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series. That's all episodes all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Crooked City show page on Apple Podcasts or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow's gonna be a fresh new day. You can just see it. Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Kenny Kusiak, Alyssa Mardinet, Kevin Shepard, and Zach St. Louis. I'm Alexa Burke, your host and senior producer. Story editing by Mark Smerling. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Tomorrow's gonna be a fresh new day. Voice acting by Catherine Gray. Fact checking by Danya Suleiman. Sound design by Kenny Kusiak and Alexa Burke. George Drabing Hicks did the mix. Music by Epidemic Sounds, Marmoset, and Blue Dot Sessions. Our title track is Sweet Revenge by Big Girl. Special thanks to Tom Wadsworth, Jeff Kuhn, and Leonard and Lee Berryhill. 
Another special thanks to Dr. Kelly Richmond Pope, director of the documentary All the Queen's Horses. You can check out her book, Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories, and Secrets from the Trillion Dollar Fraud Industry. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at Crooked City Pod. If you've enjoyed Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening all the way to the end.